it was really fantastic to be able to launch this brand new program and have it so well received, be able to figure out a good webinar topic, which sometimes can be a struggle trying to figure out exactly what would work well and what people are interested in. And I think it just really speaks to the power of research and speaking to your audience and really getting clear on sort of what their needs are and what they would like to see. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. Today, I am joined by Courtney Loveridge, who is my operations manager here at Startup Society. Hi there, Courtney. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's so great to be back here for my second podcast. Yeah, it's so good to have you back. It needs to be something that gets repeated more times in the future. So the reason I've got Courtney here with me today is because I wanted to do a podcast episode where we recap and kind of do a bit of a postmortem on a recent successful launch that we had, one of our most successful launches to date. But as excited as I am about this episode, it has been a little while since this launch happened. Unfortunately, I was going to do this episode right away just the very next week, but a bunch of things have gotten in the way and just other content had to be published. So it has now been a few months. So I've brought Courtney onto the show today to fill in a lot of the details because I want to share with you guys as many details as possible. So Courtney has done a little bit of research, a little bit of digging into the numbers to help give just accurate numbers. However, she has a little bit of a disclaimer herself. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So part of the interesting thing about this launch is that I actually was out of town for sort of the first portion of it. So I was definitely like looking at the numbers from afar and like joining the webinar and monitoring the tech and all that. But I was definitely not in the office to really get and dig into deep into the metrics until recently. So that's a really interesting thing about this launch as well, because normally I would never try to do a launch when Courtney is out of the office. I I mean, (laughs) I used to do that on my own, but it was always a bit of a challenge. It always was more work than I thought. And so Courtney always makes my life a lot easier. So I probably wouldn't have scheduled this launch for the time when I did had I known she was going to be out of town. But we scheduled it and she had scheduled a trip. So we just went with it. And it actually was totally fine. Courtney did a lot of amazing work ahead of time to make sure that we were all you know set up and ready to go. Uh, and other people on the team really jumped in and helped as well. So it ended up going really smoothly. And like I said, turned into one of our most successful launches. So with that being said, Courtney, let's get on into these numbers and share what happened. <laughs> so first of all, what exactly were we launching? Can you tell us a little bit about the offer and what we were promoting? Yeah. So we were um, launching our new YouTube program, Creator Fast Track. And I absolutely love this product. I think it's really, really cool. I was actually in charge of sort of reviewing the course material as we were releasing it. And it got me really excited for YouTube. And I don't even have a YouTube channel. So I really thought it was a fantastic product. I remember you saying that. I thought that was so funny. She had finished watching a bunch of the videos or maybe all of the videos. And she said, you know, that she really liked it, that it got her so excited. And now she believed she could start a YouTube channel and she was confident it would turn into a success. <laughs> that was so funny because like she said, she doesn't have a YouTube channel. But I was glad to have that positive feedback from the outset before we even 
had any students in the program. <laughs> so as Courtney said, we were launching Creator Fast Track. This was the inaugural launch of the program. We had just completely revamped our YouTube strategy programs. And so we were excited to bring this to the world. However, it was an untested product. We hadn't done a beta launch. And so we were treading into uncharted territory. So here's kind of the numbers when we were going into the launch. We had a list of about 19,000 warm leads. So these weren't necessarily hot leads. These weren't people who had signed up and said, I want to buy Creator Fast Track or I'm on the wait list or something like that. But they had signed up for my email list for a YouTube related opt-in. So they'd already indicated to us that they were probably interested in growing a YouTube channel and they were somewhat familiar with me and my brand. So to give you a little bit of perspective on exactly how this offer was structured, we were first launching Creator Fast Track at the $200 price point, which is a little lower than most online courses these days, especially premium online courses, and certainly cheaper than some other programs we've, we'd offered. But I wanted to offer it at this more affordable price point because it is for the new creator. It's for someone who's just getting started on YouTube and maybe isn't quite sure whether or not YouTube is really going to pan out for them. And so they don't have full confidence in their own ability to create the result that they really want. And so I wanted to offer it at a price that made sense. Uh, full disclosure here, if you're listening to this down the road, you know, even by the time this episode is released, that won't necessarily be the price of Creator Fast Track. Like we said, this launch that we're telling you about right now, it is the very first time we ever opened the doors to Creator Fast Track. And so we were offering it at an especially good price. Now, something that's really interesting about this launch and that you'll see play out a little bit later on in the episode is that we kind of did a double launch. So this is something I hadn't tried before, but I loved the way it worked out. Long story short, we did a launch, and then two weeks later, we launched the same product again with ever so slightly different messaging to let the people in who maybe it just wasn't quite the right timing for them the first time or they needed a little bit longer to think about. And the reason we were able to do this is because we had a group of students who started the program. They were loving it. They were working through it really quickly. And so we were also ready to accept that new group of students. So we'll share more about that later on. But Courtney, can you start walking us through kind of the timeline of how this first part of the launch played out? So as I stated, I was out of town for sort of that first week. But essentially, we started out with a few emails. And then we scheduled a webinar for a Thursday and a Saturday. So leading up to the lunch, we emailed our leads weekly with YouTube tips and helpful emails and things like that. And as we stated, this launch did happen a while ago. So we started at the end of April. So on April 29th, that was the date that we actually announced that CFT was going to be opening up soon. And CFT stands for Creator Fast Track. And we sent a link for people to join the waitlist. So by the way, I wanted to let you guys know that all of the emails that we're going to be talking about in this episode, all the emails that we used for this really successful launch, we've actually released them inside Startup Society to the Startup Society members to use as swipe copy. So in this case, this isn't swipe copy to copy and paste, but it is swipe copy to see how these emails can come to life. We also have a launch email outline provided inside Startup Society, and you can use this to you know, structure your launch emails and plan which email to send when. But I wanted to provide the swipe copy as well so that you could, like I said, see how these emails come to life, get some inspiration for stories and things that you can include in your own emails. So just keep that in mind as you're listening to the rest of this launch sequence play out that if you want to see those emails, they are available inside Startup Society. 
Okay, so let's keep going and talk about the webinars, Courtney, because that's kind of the next big thing that happened. After we'd sent those warm-up emails, and then we had announced that CFT was coming very soon and that the waitlist was now open, then we started promoting the webinars. So describe what that looked like. So as with webinars, we always send a few to promote webinars, encourage people to join, and then remind them to show up. That's super important. So we did a webinar promo email on the 3rd, and then we did another email on the 5th promoting the webinar, which was going to be starting that next day. And then we always try to send an email on the day of the webinar reminding people to those people who are last minute people to show up. One other thing I wanted to point out about this webinar before we keep moving along was that this was one of two webinars that were going to happen for this first part of the launch. So like I said, there are two launches back to back. And in this first part of the launch, we're doing two webinars. And this is something I very frequently do where I'll do a webinar on, say, Thursday and a webinar on Saturday, just to give people a couple different scheduling options, because I definitely would love to have them participate live where they can get their questions answered. So the registrants that we had for this webinar were around 700. We had 720 people who registered for this first webinar. And for the second webinar, we had 432. So... Um, that's something that's pretty common that we see is usually the first webinar tends to be a little bit higher with registrations. And so it's kind of like two different groups, which I find really interesting. Yeah, we see that almost every time, actually, where whichever is the first webinar will have dramatically more signups. And then the people who come to the second webinar, they never convert quite as well, which is just so interesting. It's like the people who come to the first one are more hungry, like they have to have the information now. Um, And I would say that that goes almost regardless of schedule. Even if the first one is at a less convenient time, we still will have more people show up for it, which is really interesting. So we had a pretty good turnout for this webinar of around 200 people or a little bit more, and also a pretty good conversion rate here with 42 of those 200 people actually purchasing, which made that live webinar conversion rate 21%. And I have to say that up until this point, 21% on a live webinar was the highest conversion rate I had ever gotten. So I was ecstatic about that. But spoiler alert, it actually gets better later on. So (laughs) sit tight for that. So the day of that first webinar, after the webinar was over, I sent out another email. And this email was the replay email. So it sent the link for people to watch the recorded replay if they weren't able to attend live or if they wanted to rewatch. And a number that I just wanted to call out here was that that email had a 57% open rate, which is really high. I would say anything over 50% I consider to be really high. And typically with our just broadcast emails that we're sending to a large number of people, we're going to see more in the like 20 to 25% open range. So that means that these leads were really engaged. Okay. And so the next day we sent the email for people letting them know that Creator Fast Track was now open for enrollment. And the day after that, we sent an email that was a problem-focused email. Gillian, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I call these emails sell with a story emails. And it's where you tell a story about yourself or something that happened to you or about one of your clients and something that happened to them. And you use this story to show the people you're talking to a point that you're trying to make. That's kind of the really big picture here. And typically, you show them part of the why. So why does this matter? So you're not so much using it to explain a point as to explain why your point matters. So for example, if you are trying to tell people that you understand their problem, so they should trust you, you can't just say that. You can't just say, hey, I understand your problem and you can trust me, right? That does not convey trust. But what does is if you tell them a story about you facing a similar problem, and then they can see 
oh, this person faced something similar, so they must understand my problem, and maybe they found a solution. So that's just one little example of what that could look like. But these are some of the most powerful emails you can send when you're launching a product or doing any sort of marketing. You don't want every single email you send to be a sell with a story email because sometimes you just need to more get to the point and tell them the facts. And different people with different personalities respond better to different types of emails. But mixing in a few of these sell with a story emails is very powerful. And then the next day we sent emails about the webinar. And just to give you a little bit of information about that webinar, um, registration rate was about 430. And from what I remember about this webinar, I remember that the attendees weren't quite as high, but the people were really engaged and they were really I, I mean, for both of the webinars, they were really interested in the topic and really engaged. But I remember that about this webinar specifically. So looking at the numbers, we had about 50 attendees. But from that, we had 11 sales, which, again, amazing conversion rate there. So that makes our conversion rate for that second webinar 22%, which now that was my highest converting live webinar ever. But it actually gets better later on. So again, sit tight. We'll get to that. But as Courtney said, these people were super engaged. I mean, 50 people for a webinar. It is a really small crowd, but they were talking the whole time. They asked great questions. So it was a really fun webinar to teach. And I'm also just so pleased, of course, that we were able to have that high of a conversion rate. However, something that I noticed was that I was not presenting quite as well as I wanted to. I was kind of stumbling over my words a lot. And so this was just something that was on my mind as we continued with this launch. And I'll talk later about what I did to overcome that. So that webinar happened on Saturday, May 8th. And later that same day, I sent out an email in which I told people about a limited time bonus. So this specific bonus is a workflow. And it's a process that people, the students inside Creator Fast Strike, can use to really move along their video production process and keep track of everything along the way and make sure that they meet all their deadlines and things like that. And so I promoted the benefit of this here, which was that you could use this workflow to make your videos faster and to be more consistent on YouTube. YouTube. And I shared with them that it was a limited time bonus that would only be available for the next day or so. I don't remember actually off the top of my head what the exact time frame here was, but I believe it was going to be available just for the next 24 hours. And we saw that that brought in about 18 sales just over that next 24 hours before that bonus expired. And of course, that was a really easy email to write. And we were promoting a bonus that was something we'd already created in the past. So that was just kind of like a bonus 18 sales. Yeah, absolutely. And so now just sort of wrapping up the rest of this launch and talking about the rest of the emails that we sent. Um, we sent three on that last day. First one was more impact focused, story driven. And then we had an FAQ email. It's always so important to address people's frequently asked questions so that they can really feel like they understand the offer and sort of have all their questions answered. And then we sent a last chance email as well, just giving people a last chance to think about signing up if they were interested. This first launch was only really a three-day launch. We only had the card open for three days. However, of course, we were doing some promotion before the launch itself started. During just that three-day period, we sent nearly a dozen emails. Now, of course, not all of these emails were sent to everyone. Some of them were only sent to the people who had signed up for the webinar, but most people received almost 10 emails in that three-day period, which obviously is a lot. And three days is also kind of short for your average launch, especially when people are trying to make a really big deal out of a 
product launch. However, I found that my audience tends to prefer shorter launches with more emails over longer launches where perhaps the emails are more spread out. You can send the same number of emails over a three-day period or over a seven-day period, but I find that I and my audience kind of get tired when we do that. So this was a short, intense launch, but it worked really well. So all told for this first launch, we generated a total of 125 sales, which was right on par with what we were hoping for. Of course, we didn't know exactly what to expect because like I said, this was a new product. We hadn't launched it before. I was hoping to get at least 100 sales. And in fact, we surpassed that. We got 125. So it was a good, comfortable number. Obviously, nothing too extremely crazy, but just good and comfortable and solid. And so that was the number that we walked into the second launch with. We weren't really at all hoping to beat that number with the second launch because we were presenting the exact same product to a whole bunch of people who had just said no to it. But we wanted to give them one more chance to perhaps say yes if they, like I said earlier, just needed a little bit more time to think or maybe the timing hadn't been the best the first time around. Okay, so Courtney, take us on this journey. Walk us through launch number two. All right. So launch number two happened starting on the 17th of May. So we had sort of a couple weeks there in between. And the first emails, again, were just promoting the upcoming webinars. We did sort of the same thing as far as I can remember. We did one on Thursday and one on Saturday as well. The same style for those two webinars, same topics. So we promoted those on the 17th. And then basically, there's nothing else to say about those emails in between. We had a couple emails as well that day of the webinar, which happened on the 20th. So we We had 328 registrants for that webinar on the May 20th. And of those registrants, we had about 90 people attend. Keep in mind, this is the third time we had done this webinar. So we had about 90 attendees for sales for a conversion rate of a little less than 4%. So as I mentioned before, I had already felt like my webinar presentation was not going as well as I wanted it to go. And this was kind of surprising to me. And to be honest, I'm not quite sure what was going on exactly. I had practiced the webinar before the first time that I did it. And that first time it went pretty well. It wasn't perfectly polished, but it was fine. But I thought that the more I presented this webinar, the better and better I would get at it because that's typically what happens when you give essentially a speech over and over again. However, for whatever reason, I was more and more forgetting my original intent with the webinar. And I was just making more and more little mistakes and stumbling over my words more and more. So since I had one more webinar left to go, and I wanted to fix this problem, I started just writing down some notes. Well, writing down a few notes turned into scripting literally the entire webinar. I wrote down every word I was going to say. Yes, this process was time consuming, not as much as I would have expected, though. It took me about three hours to write the entire webinar. Uh, keep in mind, I was not at all planning the webinar. The webinar was very fully planned. I already knew basically what I was going to say. So I was basically just typing for three hours. And that made a huge difference, as you'll see in just a moment, because after this, we promoted the final webinar. So webinar number four of this series of webinars we had done. Again, it's exactly the same topic, but this time I'm speaking from a script. So of course, in the days that follow webinar number three, we send out a few more emails. On May 20th, we send out an email that announces that Creator Fast Track has just reopened and we explain why we've decided to do this. Then the next day, which is Friday, we promote Saturday's webinar. And later that same day, we send another email promoting some of the specific benefits of Creator Fast Track and we explain how it differs from some other YouTube strategy programs that are on the market. 
The next day is Saturday. And this is the day that the webinar itself is actually scheduled for. And on this day, we send three emails. So first thing, first thing in the morning, we send an FAQ email. And this email served two purposes. First of all, it answered commonly asked questions about Creator Fast Track. I find that this email is a really powerful selling tool. And it's one of my favorite emails that I send pretty much every single launch because you can use it to counter objections. A lot of the times the questions people have about a product or potentially purchasing a product are really questions that voice their objections. Like, how long will this take? How much does it cost? Okay, so maybe they're concerned they don't have enough time or they're concerned it will be too expensive. So you can use this email to answer these questions in a strategic and clear way so that you can help people to see that these problems that they are imagining aren't really problems they need to be concerned about. The other purpose that this FAQ email served was to promote Saturday's webinar. I included a PS that said, hey, do you want to join us for this webinar that is happening later today? After that email was sent, then we went ahead and sent the we're about to get started email just reminding people to join the webinar. And then after the webinar, we sent a testimonial email as well. Okay. Okay, can I get really real with you about something for a minute here? I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks you should be able to learn how to grow your business without spending thousands of dollars on bloated training. Seriously, there's no reason it needs to be as expensive as a lot of online courses are. That's why I don't offer really pricey coaching. I want to teach real people how to build really profitable businesses at a price that actually makes sense. So I asked myself, How can I connect with you in a really personal way, teach you everything you need to know to grow your business and help you actually do it? And how can I guarantee this won't cost an arm and a leg? Asking myself those questions four years ago is how I came up with the idea for Startup Society, the program I wish had existed when I was struggling to get my online business off the ground. So if you're a freelancer, a coach, or a course creator, and you want my guidance, plus the support of my own team to build your business, then Startup Society is for you. Just head to startupsociety.com to learn more and find out when enrollment next opens. I can't wait to meet you, show you the ropes, and guide you to start growing your business a whole lot faster. Startupsociety.com. Building an online business doesn't have to be so complicated. So let's talk about this final webinar and what happened. So this is the webinar that I had completely scripted and I wasn't quite sure how that was going to go, both because I wasn't sure how well I could read the script. I wasn't sure if it bothered people that I was reading a script or if they'd notice. I don't think anyone noticed, or if they did notice, they at least didn't say anything. And they did respond really well to it. So they were very active and engaged throughout the chat, despite the fact that there were only about 75 people there. And of those roughly 75 attendees, we had 20 sales, which means that the conversion rate on that webinar was over 25%. That is literally the highest conversion rate I've ever seen on one of my live webinars. So I was very pleased with that. It meant that it was definitely worth the time that I had spent to write the script for this webinar, you know, those three hours of my time, very well worth it, especially, and I should have said this earlier, but part of the reason I decided to go ahead and script that webinar is because we wanted to have a good solid recording of the webinar that we could use in an evergreen funnel. And I was not really happy with any of the recordings we had gotten so far. So I felt that it would be worth my time to try to make this last version of the webinar as good as it could be. So we would have that recording. So the rest of this launch plan, played out 
fairly predictably in terms of at least our actions, what emails we sent. Uh, Courtney, can you walk us through exactly what those emails were and when we sent them? So on the last day of the second launch, we sent three emails. So it's very similar structure to the first time. So for the first email, we sent a case study email, which I feel like is always really important. We were able to showcase some of the results that our members were already starting to get a couple weeks back. And then we also sent an email and the subject line of that was what's holding you back. Gillian, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So this was just kind of an idea that I had mid-launch. And basically, I wanted to send an email that talked about a few different objections people might have, reasons why they weren't buying. Maybe they felt like they didn't have time. Maybe they weren't quite sure it would work for them. And maybe the price was just a little bit too high. And in this email, I was taking a little bit of a different approach. Unlike in the FAQ email, where I more was explaining why those issues didn't need to be problematic. In this email, I wanted to actually offer solutions. So for example, for the people who are saying, well, I'm not sure if this will work for me, I said, well, here's our refund policy. Here's our guarantee that goes along with the program. So if it doesn't work for you, then you know, no risk at all here because you can just get a refund. And for the people who are saying the price is a little bit too high, I said, we would like to offer you a payment plan. So originally, we hadn't planned to offer a payment plan this time around with this launch because the price is already fairly low. But since, of course, there are always people who will say it's too expensive, no matter how much you charge. Let me say that again. No matter how much you charge, people will tell you that. You could literally sell a program that people sell for $1,000. You could sell it for $25 and some people would tell you it is too expensive. So even at this price point, we had some people saying it was too expensive. And so I was like, if you really want this, then here's a way that you can have this for a low monthly cost. I wanted to just remove all those objections so people could get really real with themselves about whether or not they wanted this enough to put in the effort that is required to get any sort of result, including this result that we were offering, which was to grow their YouTube channels to a thousand subscribers in just three months. Of course, that takes effort. And I just wanted to add that that payment plan actually ended up being pretty popular. Of the sales that we got, quite a few of them were the subscription offer. So for this launch total, we had 59 sales and 18 of those were the subscription product, which I think is super interesting because that was an email sent on the very last day. And so we did have quite a bit of sales from it. And I think that's pretty cool. Just to backtrack a little bit, the last email that we sent that day was just letting people know the doors were closing. Yeah. So this launch followed a very similar structure to the first one. Each time we started the launch out with a webinar on a Thursday, then the next day we announced that the product was officially available and the cart was essentially open on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And we wrapped it up on Sunday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As Courtney mentioned, we saw 59 sales with this second launch, which I consider to be fantastic considering that we were promoting the same product to the same group of people that had just said no, they didn't want to buy it two weeks before. And now 59 of them said, yes, sign me up. So it meant that we earned 50% more sales overall than we would have if we just stopped with the first launch. And I also want to mention that this second launch was probably one of the easiest launches I have ever done because I had already fully worked out all of the marketing messages. Courtney had already set up all of the tech for the first launch. And I already had completely created and even practiced the webinar that I was using. So yes, I still had to write almost a dozen emails, but they were very easy emails to write because I already knew these marketing messages inside and out. And I was really confident that people were reacting positively to it. And I also knew a lot of the objections that they 
had and a lot of the questions they were asking. So I was able to write them in an even more conversational tone and really speak to the the different thoughts that people were having. So it was more of a two-way conversation. Is there anything you want to add about this second lunch? Before we get into talking about some of the things that worked the very best and some of the key takeaways from these launches, Courtney? I just want to reiterate again that it was really fantastic to be able to launch this brand new program and have it so well received, be able to figure out a good webinar topic, which sometimes can be a struggle trying to figure out exactly what would work well and what people are interested in. And I think it just really speaks to the power of research and speaking to your audience and really getting clear on sort of what their needs are and what they would like to see. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so with that said, let's talk about a few key points that worked really well. Uh, First thing I'll call out is those sell with a story emails. I've definitely used stories in past launches, but I felt like this time with this launch, I was a little bit more intentional about it. And I had a little bit more of a firm grasp on exactly how I wanted to use those sell with a story emails and how I wanted to structure them. So I feel like it's a strategy I used in the past, but I really perfected it this time around. So I would highly recommend using sell with a story emails in your own launches if you haven't already tried that. Next thing that worked was the webinar topic. So I did something that I've never done with this launch and I used the same outcome that the product creates as the webinar topic. So let me explain that in different words. What result does Creator Fast Track create? It helps people get 1,000 subscribers and get their channels monetized in just three months. So I made that the webinar topic. Now, of course, in a 60-minute webinar, I cannot at all cover all the nuance that is covered in the few dozen video lessons that are inside Creator Fast Track, and people cannot do all the work. So I was not at all afraid of giving everything away. There was so much more still inside the product. But what sharing that same topic allowed me to do. It had two really key benefits. One of them was that it attracted just the right people. It attracted people who wanted that exact outcome. And so it it was just a perfect match so that the people who showed up for the webinar wanted to buy the product. They'd already raised their hand and said, yes, I want that outcome. So it was just a, a perfect match. The other thing that it did was it meant that in the webinar, I could walk them through the system that we teach in Creator Fast Track. And I could tell them, okay, you need to first do this, and then you need to do this. And then you need to do this third thing. And then I could show them how Creator Fast Track would help them to actually do those things. And so it just gave me a a great opportunity to really show off Creator Fast Track and explain how it would help them. And then the third thing I'll mention here that worked was scripting the webinar. I hadn't done that before. I was a little on the fence about it. I thought that people might not like it as well if the webinar was scripted. But as I said, people responded really well to it. Both they were engaged and also we had the highest conversion rate ever with that scripted webinar. Okay, Courtney, share with us the next thing that worked so well. The next thing is just the back-to-back launches. So again, we were just really curious to know how these people in the second round were going to react having been pitched the program before and decided not to join. Um, But one of the things that Gillian touched on earlier that I loved about it is that we were able to really see the results that people were starting to get as they were going through Creator Fast Track and really be able to show people and explain to people these results that our customers were getting and really be able to highlight that in the second launch. So that was something I really enjoyed about 
about it. And again, like Gillian mentioned, all of our tech setup was already done. For me, that's something that I manage. And so it was really nice to be able to have everything created in the beginning so that we could just reuse some of that. And that also allows us to be able to set up an evergreen funnel for this because we've done a majority of the work. Absolutely. And so the last thing that I wanted to share with you that worked so well was some specific email subject lines that got the best open rates. Now, I have to start this out with a disclaimer, and that is that subject lines are not the only thing that determine your email open rate. One person can send an email with a particular subject line and get a particular open rate. Someone else can send the same email with the same subject line and get a completely different open rate. And that's because the main thing that determines whether or not someone opens your emails is your past emails and how well they liked your past emails. I mean, think about your own behavior. When you get an email from someone, how do you decide whether or not to open it? You base it on who it is from. There are certain people that you open every single email from, like maybe your mom, for example, right? If your mom sends you an email, you're probably going to open it. Probably. On the other hand, if you get an email from a company that you don't know, you're probably not going to open it. You're probably going to mark it as spam and delete it and never even look at it, no matter how amazing the subject line is. So that's just something to keep in mind. However, with that said, I think there is something to be learned from subject lines because you already have the relationship that you have with your audience. And so there is kind of a range of open rates that you might see. So maybe on the high end for you, it's 40% and on the low end, it's 30% or something like that. And better subject lines can definitely bump you up to the higher end of that range. So with that said, here are some subject lines that worked really well during this launch. The first one was an email that was sent just to people who had registered for the webinar. It was an email we sent after the webinar to share the webinar replay. And the subject line was YouTube class replay in brackets, followed by views versus subscribers, which one should you focus on? And this email saw a 57.3% open rate, which was much higher than you typically see with an email sent to everyone. And it was certainly the highest open rate we saw with any of the launch emails. But something that was really interesting here was that normally with the replay emails, I don't really include so many words. I'm just like, here's your replay or something like that. But here, I decided to call out a specific thing we talked about on the webinar and tout that as kind of the benefit of the email. And that seemed to work really well. So let me go ahead and break down some of the open rate percentages for our best converting emails. There was a subject line called Why I Quit YouTube at 28.7%. The next subject line was Re-Questions at 27.6% open rate. And I just want to interject here and say that normally I never use a Re-Subject line because it can be a little scammy, like you're pretending that you are replying to someone just to get them to open your email. However, I felt that it was really fitting in this case for two reasons. First of all, this email was regarding questions. And that's what RE stands for is regarding. So I was just telling people what the email was about, literally. But also because it was a reply to questions that a lot of people were thinking or asking. And so it wasn't just like, RE, your big offer or something like that, where it was something that they hadn't said, but it was something that they actually were thinking or asking. And I wanted to respond to it. So I felt like this was a really appropriate subject line in this case. The next subject line was the double effect and how to use it to grow your channel at 26.5% open rate. 
Next one was, only you can answer this question. And then you actually inserted their first name using the short code. Um, and that was 32.3% open rate, which I think is great. Yeah, inserting people's names into subject lines almost always increases open rates. Now, I'm sure if you overdid it, people might start to become desensitized to it. But in general, a person's name is the word that they are going to respond most strongly to. It's a word that if you see it on a page of text, you can immediately just pick it out at a glance. And so it really does help your email to stand out a little bit in their inbox. Like I said, I wouldn't recommend overdoing it, but I love to sprinkle in a few of those emails throughout any launch sequence. Next subject line was five of the coolest benefits of building your YouTube channel and why speed is our priority. I love that subject line at 26.2% open rate. And then I've got two more to share with you. First one is 1,000 subscribers after posting just five videos, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Love that at 26% open rate. And then the last one was, okay, tell me the truth. And then you also inserted their first name there. I also love that subject line. I think that is so just catchy and really makes you want to open it and actually talk to the person who sent that email. And that one got a 26.8% open rate. Yeah, I love that last one too. So it'd be something like, okay, tell me the truth, Courtney. <laughs> and I love how direct and to the point it is. It intrigues them, makes them want to find out what I'm talking about here. And this was my alternative to something that I see a lot of people do that I, I see why they do it, but I don't love it. They'll send an email with a fairly negative subject line, something like, do you really hate me, Courtney? <laughs> and <laughs> I, I understand they're trying to get a little bit of a shock factor. And also it does, like it is appropriate in the sense that it does really relate to what the email is about. So the email might be something like, why aren't you opening my emails? I noticed you stopped opening emails. Do you hate me? If not, then stay subscribed. But I just don't like the fact that it gives almost like a visceral reaction that is negative of like, wait, you think I hate you? Um, so I feel like it, it it gets that shock value, maybe it gets the open even, but at the expense of having a negative impact on your relationship with them, where they might have a little bit of negative association with your brand. So I try to really avoid those type of emails. So I liked this as an alternative. Okay, tell me the truth, Courtney, because there's nothing negative at all about that. I don't want to upset people into open my emails. <laughs> Okay, so that kind of wraps up the list of the main things that worked really well. But there were a couple other important points that I think you should know about this lunch. It's not necessarily things that we saw incredible results with, but just things that worked smoothly and part of how this launch went down. So uh, I will stop trying to explain. Courtney, tell us what these things are. <laughs> Yes, as I mentioned, um, part of the things that I help Gillian with are the tech and making sure we really have the right tech that's going to work smoothly to be able to be easy to use for our potential customers and things like that. So one of the things was with this launch, we actually didn't create the full big sales page that you'll oftentimes see. So what we ended up doing is just creating a very simple sales page that was actually sort of integrated with our cart software as well. So people only had to visit one place to be able to learn about Creator Fast Track, get all the information they need and be able to fill in their payment details. So that was something that I just found really interesting. And in sort of in looking at the sales, you would think that perhaps the sales could have been quite a bit different if we would have had a bigger sales page. But I think that we really saw some really incredible sales considering that we didn't have the full sales page there. 
Yeah, absolutely. So there was a couple of reasons why I made this decision to not build out a full sales page. The first reason was because this was just our first launch. And going into this first launch, we were planning to test two different sets of messaging. Writing a sales page takes a lot of time. And since I didn't know for sure what messaging we were going to be using long term in the future, I didn't really want to spend all that time. I wanted this to be more of like a quick and dirty launch just to do some testing. This was supposed to be the test launch. It turned into a big successful launch. And, you know, we haven't even talked about the total dollar number that this launch brought in, but it was $46,000 from this launch, which I consider to be a very successful launch, especially considering how honestly easy and fun this launch was. This wasn't a big stressful launch. Um, as Courtney shared, she was out of town for part of it. It was still a lot of work, but there was a lot of positive energy thanks to those short sales periods and also thanks to the fact that we were selling something that was very aligned with what these leads wanted. So they were giving us a lot of positive feedback about it, which is obviously nice, but it also really helps the energy and that just makes things so much easier. So that's why... We kept the sales page super short because, first of all, I didn't want to take the time to build out a long sales page. And second, because we were going to be sending people um, mostly straight to the sales page from a webinar or something like that. And these leads were already fairly warm. So I didn't feel that we needed to explain to them a lot more. And also because the price point was a little bit lower. So they didn't need quite as much convincing to pull that trigger as had this been, say, a $2,000 program. The thing I just wanted to talk about briefly is our webinar setup. So we actually used Vimeo and we just embedded a streaming video onto one of your websites. And I thought that was really smart for a very simple tech setup. We didn't have to create an entire webinar in a webinar software. We really just used ConvertKit, which is our email marketing software. And we're able to send people directly to that page um, and be able to accommodate quite a few people on that platform. So that's something that I really liked about our webinar setup this time. Yeah, one of the biggest advantages I saw to this kind of DIY webinar setup was that we were able to have an unlimited number of attendees because it was just a video that was being streamed live. People didn't have to log in to watch the video. And so we didn't have a webinar software that was gating that entry and only letting a certain number of people show up. And that was really nice because this is a problem we've run into with multiple previous launches where we would have, say, a thousand people register for a webinar and 500 people try to show up and then the webinar software only let say 200 of them in. And obviously that is practically devastating because that is so much money that is left on the table or really just thrown away at the trash can because those people they have a negative experience with your brand because they're not able to attend the webinar and they don't convert live obviously because they're not even there. So we were tired of that problem. So we decided to make things a lot simpler and also a lot cheaper, really, because webinar software can be quite expensive. So in the in the past, we've often used webinar software and we still do. I, I do want to mention that we still use actual webinar software. Um, we're right now using easy webinar. We use that for our automated webinars because it is difficult to have an automated webinar that works well if you don't use a dedicated webinar software. But for the live webinars, we decided to just keep it really simple. 
Okay, so that concludes this breakdown of this launch that was one of our most successful launches to date. I hope you enjoyed hearing all of the details of this. I hope that this all made sense and that you learned some things. Of course, if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out and ask. We are always happy to help. I also wanted to mention that in just a couple weeks here, I'm going to be sharing another episode on a similar topic. I'm going to be breaking down the launch emails and and the launch email structure you can use to execute your own launch. I know that in this episode, there were so many details about so many different aspects of this launch that it's probably a little bit tricky to follow specifically what the emails were and what we covered in each of them. And, you know, with some of them, we didn't really go into very much detail. So I wanted to give you a breakdown of a sales funnel sequence you can use to launch your product. So that episode should be coming up just two weeks from now. So uh, this is a great time to mention if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, do so now so you don't miss that episode. And also, as I shared earlier on in this episode, Inside Startup Society, we do have a breakdown of the email launch sequence we recommend for launching, as well as the swipe copy for all of the emails we mentioned today so that you can see how those emails actually played out, how they actually came to life and have some really good examples of how to write your own launch emails. So to wrap this all up, I just wanted to say thank you so much to Courtney. Thank you for being here, Courtney, and for everything that you shared with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to talk to all of you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now, here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of this episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so they too can learn how to build their business in a way that allows them to work less and earn more. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave Work Less, Earn More a review to give it a boost and help even more people find it. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action. Take action.